We have been on quite a journey these last few weeks in our gospel readings in this place of bizarre, sometimes harsh-sounding teachings by Jesus. In the book of Matthew, these teachings by Jesus come just prior to the Last Supper, his betrayal, and death. It helps us to put a couple of things in the back of our minds as we take in these teachings. One is the context. These teachings are Jesus' last opportunity to help people get it before everything goes sideways. The people then and there are not realizing yet, realizing it yet, but God certainly is. All the risk God is putting in the hands of these humans and us that are so limited and so often do not get it to carry our responsibility for developing the church and expanding the kingdom of God until Christ returns. No wonder Jesus is going a little wild in these teaching topics are coming up, and he's reaching for parables that would help them understand. We have heard these last couple of weeks about the bridesmaid waiting for the groom and the parable of the talents managing the property of another. With the bridesmaids, we have heard that they all in the end, no matter how ready or not ready they might have appeared to us, all fall asleep, all of them. With the parable of the talents, there's varying degrees of caretaking and intentionality for what has been given. Both endings of these parables are startling. And we have another startling ending today. But as we might interpret these teachings, we need to be careful not to hang theology on one or two verses. Theology comes from a systematic putting together of scripture. What does it all say to us as we synthesize from the all? Today's teaching from Jesus is, according to Thomas Long, the parting lesson, the cumulative moment in Jesus' teaching ministry. This is Jesus' last teaching before the betrayal leading to crucifixion. In addition to the context of the text is the writing timing of Matthew. Matthew's gospel was written around A.D. 70, so that means his inspired writing is coming close to 40 years after this happened. Now, we do not always think about what inspiration means or looks like, but it certainly does not mean that people lose their minds or controls of their pencils or their personalities. What it does mean is what God needs to be recorded for all of us happens. Matthew is writing, and they have been waiting at that point for around 40 years, probably in real time thinking that Jesus was coming the next day, and then beginning to build a paradigm that waiting might mean their whole lives. Perhaps as Matthew recalls this teaching of Jesus, it stirs his angst. Waiting for Jesus to come and the kingdom to be fully present. For the bridesmaids and the stewards of the talents, we see that waiting looks like something that may be passive, communicating not a lot of care, to something super disciplined, to something in between. And today, it gets more specific. We have slowly been gleaning our lifestyles and commitments matter. Today, we move from parable to metaphor, the difference being that a parable compares two unlike things to make a point. Bridesmaids in waiting for the kingdom. Stewards of property in waiting for the kingdom. Today, we move from comparing things, though we can get lost there with the sheep and the goats, 
It can seem as if Jesus is comparing them, but they are not the point of the story. Jesus is using metaphor. Aristotle appreciated the unique flavor of metaphor. He wrote, ordinary words convey only what we know already. It is from metaphor that we get the best hold of something fresh. There is no parable to this reading, but an unfolding story creatively referring to one thing by mentioning another, sheep and goats and people's lifestyles. This sheep and goat story unfolds not to contrast sheep and goats. It is not about how to do ministry or to provide a list or measuring sticks for how we are doing, though all Jesus mentions is important. Sheep and goats and shepherding were familiar to the audience then and there. At the time of this writing, shepherds often had mixed flocks, and they needed different things. The shepherds knew the flocks. According to Stegman, at night they would separate sheep from goats. That's hard to say. Separate sheep from goats because sheep enjoyed the open pasture and goats needed the protection from the cold. In contrast to the bridesmaids or the stewards of property who are in various ways trying to wait and manage themselves, this story does not address effort at all. And that becomes clear to us because both the sheep and the goats in the story are surprised when Jesus tells them that it is really him they have either been caring and compassionate toward or indifferent and harmful toward. Both groups respond with surprise and say, when did we do that? Kind of like both groups of bridesmaids fell asleep. In this narrative, they share surprise. According to Stegman, Carson, and others, neither group, sheep nor goats, are trying to please God, trying to make sure they are doing life right. Both are surprised about what God says to them about their lifestyles. It is important to take this in. Carson articulates the significance. The sheep did not show love to gain eschatological reward, nor did the goats fail to, show, to flout it, Excuse me, nor did the goats fail to show it, it to flout eschatological retribution. They were not living in order to gain or lose anything. Jesus is further connecting how we live our lives, waiting for the kingdom of God to be fully manifest, from preparation involved in waiting to intentionality to manage what God has given of us. And then today, we hear the importance of realizing that how we live our very lives is indeed important. Jesus raises the stakes to say, I am present every day with you in everyone you come across. How are you going to treat me? Preparation, effort, and the realization that God is with us in everyone we know and meet every day. In simplicity, our Christian life is a life of overflowing love, not a tightrope we're balancing on. We do not need to wonder if we are doing the Christian life right or walk in fear. If we are loving God and understanding our needs for help to be fully human, we will experience overflowing love. No fear, no outrageous keeping track of what we do. Love. 
Armstrong asserts, if we cannot share freely and fully, or if we do not make ourselves available to do so, this indicates that our relationship with God and the world is not as healthy and whole as Jesus' triumph on the cross makes possible. If we have health with God and the world, as Carson puts it, we unconsciously serve Christ. It happens. These last teachings of Jesus help us take in the reality of love and trust God has for us as humans. We see God's commitment to us and God's desire for us out of our free will to make decisions about loving God and loving one another. As God creatively and repetitively and gracefully continues to help us and show us how to live, may we lean in with all that we have.